I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com it. Coward. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hell World. I am Mike Rains, aka Poker and Politics, and I am joined as always by Sarge. Gets better every loop. Uh, yes, Sarge, thank you for that stirring introduction. And I'm also joined by the mysterious Hell. <laughs> Hello, my beautiful babies. <laughs> Is that robot? Are you robot? It was. And also, I mean, I'm not even the one like putting a bamboozle on anyone this time. It, whatever uh, I was you talking said, about our intro theme. I just... Yeah, whatever you said through Mike for a loop. Yeah, yeah. I, I huck, and, huck and bamboozle him. Yeah, and also, I, think there's an, I think there's a chance our listeners this week, unless we figure out a way to fix it, will hear you giggling at the beginning of our intro music. Because <laughs> yeah. for no reason, you were just giggling. We told a joke before we started recording, and I kept laughing, and I didn't mute my mic, so enjoy that. I, I really hope that the show actually begins by you saying, do it, coward, right before do it, the audience. Yeah. <laughs> really I was laughing that. at myself for saying, do it, coward, and I saw the one-second mark. Uh, start on the recording. Oh, oh man, I hope our crippling unprofessionalism still stays in the post production. It's gonna be great. Yeah, so I'm kicking, kicking open the door with some uh, trademark Sarge action. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> while we while we're doing all this fun and frivolity, we have to remind people that QAnon is bad times a lot of the time. Content warning: The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. 
Listener discretion advised. Wait, is uh, my trademark talking at the wrong time? <clears throat> no, your trademark is just beefing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're just a beefer. Yeah. I guess. Oh, and also, before we get too deep into this one, uh, extra double special content warning because we're going to be talking about suicide. Or are we? I mean, we are. <laughs> but Alleged. it was suicide, or is it? <laughs> yes. This is what exactly. we're getting at. So, spoiler warning for the podcast, but also content warning for those of you who may be triggered by talk of like self harm or whatever. Or yes. suicide, or is yeah. it, or was it? Oh, we, we may we may never know. There might be people who are not triggered by suicide, but are triggered by Arkansas, as it were. Yeah, I don't know that so. the it's. I keep wanting to read it as the Catan Justice Department, as the Catalan Justice <laughs> Department. So uh, before you read that, let's play a bumper from the digital headlines to the digital front lines. It's cues in the news. The floor is yours, Sarge. <laughs> well, noted wackadoo John McAfee uh, has been... More like noted wackadoo. Yeah, they got him. He has been rotting in a Barcelona jail cell for the past eight and a half months for financial crimes. Uh, and just recently... He, upon finding out that he was being extradited back to America to face all his financial crimes here, he hung himself in his jail cell. Or did he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Catalan Justice Department has said everything indicates he killed himself by hanging. And it, uh, the official autopsy has confirmed his death by suicide. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> now... <laughs> To L's point, eight months ago at the start of his incarceration, uh, John McAfee tweeted that I will not kill myself. If I do, it, they will have killed me for m all my uh, cryptocurrency and the like and all my money. He doesn't have a lot of money anymore. And I believe it was two years ago, he got a tattoo of that reads dollar sign whacked. And he said it meant... I will never kill myself. If they killed me, it's for my money. Hence, dollar sign whack. Uh, but no, now we have the official autopsy, and, and it's confirmed that he committed suicide. And, and no one could ever bribe an autopsy board to look the other way on anything. No, totally above board, totally legitimate. So yes, uh, but this the McAfee thing to me is hilarious because he trafficked in these world. He trafficked in this world for so long. He was mm -hmm. a guy who enjoyed right-wing conspiracy theories and all these kinds of things. He was constantly getting in trouble with the law. I mean, there was that possibility that he murdered someone in Belize. Um, so he, knew, he, in a way, McAfee knew that one of the easiest ways to uh, get attention for himself was to constantly talk about the fact that he'll never kill himself. Um, I have a dead man switch, and if anyone ever comes at me, all the dirt on all the bad people in the world is going to get out there, and it's going to blow the roof off of things. 31 terabytes. He specifically said that his dead man switch was 31 terabytes of data that would bring down the cabal, which if he was sitting on that much information that could bring down... He, and he's a proponent of Q, that could, so he definitely thought he had 31, or said he had 31 terabytes that could bring down literal baby-eating pedophiles, 
and he just kept it to himself for his own protection. That reminds me, uh, very hilariously, uh, back when the days of Q, uh, QAnon being on Twitter was a thing, there was this like subsect, this like Q adjacent sect of like angry people that were chasing down internet pedophiles, as it were, called like the Dragon's Den. And the leader of the Dragon's Den, who was totally not a cliche in the most obvious ways possible, who called herself the Mother of Dragons, uh, made a post about how if if uh, Twitter took QAnon off of Twitter, she would post all of her information of all of the pedophile rings that Twitter was protecting through hashtags and whatnot, will you, on their social media platform. And my reaction was, why would you use this for blackmail and just exposing pedophile networks directly? <laughs> like, we're here to save children, but we'd rather keep QAnon on Twitter than save the children. So we'll use the children as blackmail against Twitter in the future. I mean, it's just the now. children make a fantastic shield. <laughs> yes. Now, it should be worth noting on John McAfee that he recorded himself several times saying, I have not paid taxes in eight years. I didn't file and I won't. IRS come and get me. So his conviction uh, upon being extradited back to America was um, Sarge's lock of the week. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it was, it, it's kind of hard to wriggle out of confessing to your crime on camera and broadcasting it to the world. So uh, for those of you who listen today, Sarge is saying to take uh, McAfee getting convicted in court, the Clippers, and the Lightning minus a goal and a half tonight. That's his three-team parlay lock. Big money. Big money from Sarge. Sarge's three-way lock of the week. Lock. Lock sound effect of the week. Are we just not doing phrasing anymore? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, this fucking loon. Yeah. I just, I just love the fact that, like, as you just said, he was basically saying, I've committed crimes, and I dare you to catch me for those crimes. And really, when you look at it from the like point of view of what McAfee's life had been up to the moment before he got uh, grabbed by Spanish authorities, he'd always skated on this shit. He'd always yeah. been living this weird life where he was this, like, dashing rogue who was on a yacht that was in international waters so no one could get him. And every time he docked and got into trouble, he always found a way to get away from it. So I can totally see where um, this, like, kind of, like, real-life criminal mastermind who uh, finally gets pinched by Spanish authorities, and he's just thinking, well, the money I do have, it may not be in the billions, it may not be this massive quantity of wealth, but my money and my influence has always gotten me out of these prisons before. Now that I'm going into the hole for some period of time, I'm going to put out a notice. I ain't going to kill myself. They ain't going to get me. McAfee's going to get through this. And then eight months in, he finds out, oh, wait, I'm not getting out of here. And, oh, wait, I'm actually going to a club fed, and those are really secure. And I'm not getting out of America's jurisdiction. So maybe maybe it is time for me to get the check. Maybe being a 75-year-old, adventuring, swashbuckling, lunatic millionaire who now is never getting out of prison for the rest of my natural life. Maybe oh, yeah. And, and the, the country of Belize also wants to talk to him about – how his neighbor got 
fucking murdered. Yeah. And- oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a person of interest. I mean, so it's like, so this guy had a lot of things hanging over him and was probably never seeing the proverbial light of day again. Oh, no, never uh, again. Unless it was through a chain link fence at a club fed. So, and that's the thing is that all these people who are promoting this idea that he didn't kill himself and he said he would never kill himself, as you pointed out, Everything he said in in that vein was almost a year old. It was a long time ago Mm -hmm. when his circumstances were drastically different. I mean, wasn't one of his more recent tweets something to the effect of, I don't speak Spanish, much less uh, Catalanese, so I don't have many friends in here. Uh, Life is kind of bleak and crummy. Uh, This sucks, basically. Yeah, his his last tweet was, was very, very grim and suicidal. And his lawyer is upset because they kept the 75-year-old man in jail for financial crimes for eight months. But the 75-year-old man is John McAfee, a guy who is very famous for fleeing countries on boats when he is charged with crimes. Like, he is possibly the greatest flight risk that has ever existed. And, yeah, so he just got to... I don't know who, who's that. Who's that big drug kingpin that had that elaborate tunnel built for him? Oh, El Chapo. Yeah, I feel like El Chapo was probably a bigger flavor <laughs> than McAfee. <laughs> Considering he was he was flying from the inside of the prisons. So. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He had the the little he had like a motorcycle in the tunnel or whatever. <laughs> just, yeah, and one of the things. That, so my favorite part about all the people who are just like, oh my god, the first they've got Epstein, now they've got McAfee. Is that the difference is. Epstein seemed like he knew stuff. McAfee seems like he had nothing. Like no, he just he, he, he was just he was just on the run for doing regular white person crimes, like uh, as opposed to Epstein, who was like actually involved in a global pedophile sex ring or whatever. So uh, it, it's disingenuous to uh, to the the memory of our dearly departed Epstein to claim that uh, McAfee was in the same boat. He wasn't. He, he had nothing. Um, yeah he's also a mcafee's a known liar because he stated that if bitcoin bitcoin would jump to half a million within three years and adding if not i will eat my own dick on national television and uh as far as i know he did not eat his own dick uh, I I think well he needed that dick in order to fuck whales because that was one of his other really awesome. Yeah, he's pretty about. famous for that whale fucking tweet. <laughs> I mean, it's really that's the problem. It's it's what they always said: you can build a hundred houses, uh, but, but you say you want to fuck one whale, and... right? But you want to fuck one <laughs> yeah. whale. Damn, done. Done. Do you have the text of that up? Hold on. Uh, yeah, they only remember you for the whales that you want to fuck. Right. Exactly. That, and and let, let's put that on a quote. Let's attribute that quote to John McAfee. Put it on some shirts. <laughs> make a quick buck off of this suicide. Hold on. Yes. Oh, it's... Yeah. An... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. December 31st, 2018. John McAfee, RIP. Enough of the... Whale fucking is non-consensual bu- bullshit. A humpback whale weighs 70,000 pounds, is 50 feet long, and can dive more than a quarter mile, and can crush ships with a single sweep of its tail. If a human manages to fuck one, you damn well better believe it's consensual. Yes. 
Yeah, so uh, Pat McAfee, Bob McAfee, Jim McAfee, I confused him with that punter guy who now does the sports talk radio. But uh, John McAfee, known lunatic, uh, alleged dick consumer and uh, alleged whale fucker uh, ends up uh, committing suicide when basically the fun stopped for him. I mean, that's really what this comes down to is that this guy was a 75 year old living the craziest life he possibly could uh, based off of not very good antiviral software that he got a lot of people to buy a long time ago. And then his dumb, as L stated, white person, uh, white guy crimes caught up to him because yeah. he was a belligerent asshole about it. As you said, he was literally like, I haven't paid taxes. I'm not going to pay taxes. Come get me, bros. And then they come and got him. And it's so dumb because we know how. And then they come and got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, they, then they found out he was in Spain and the American government was just like, Hey, can you hold on to that guy for us? And they're like, yeah, all right. And that, yeah. that was the end of John McAfee. I am looking at his Twitter for the first time ever. I did not know that his profile picture is him over an image of Jonathan Joestar from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I thought you were going to say him over a humpback whale covered in grease. Uh, <laughs> he he told some guy that you need to get out more Uh Whale fucking has become the hottest debated item in the Fiji Islands right now. Somewhere in the Fiji, off the coast of the Fiji Islands, CeeLo Green is shoveling sleeping pills into the water. <laughs> McAfee said it was cool. You don't need consent if they're asleep. Yeah. CeeLo Green. Oh, man. The the deep cut of human trash is CeeLo Green. <laughs> I love that. That guy was like the biggest milkshake duck in a while. That was really quite a turn of events for that man's career when he was just like, hey, yeah, I'm when he was on top of the world for releasing that dynamite album, album about boating and then decided to take to Twitter and tell the world that he believes sleep is consent. Yes. <laughs> that still bums me out to this day because I, I would just. The Gnarls Barkley albums are amazing, and I just cannot enjoy them anymore. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's one of those things where you just can't separate the artist from the art. You're just like, whoa, that guy's a monster. Oops. Yeah, that is not good. I, I can if it comes on, like, around me. Like, if I have no control over it, I can still yeah. appreciate the music, but I don't really seek it out to play it anymore because I don't feel like supporting that, uh, <laughs> like, you know, self-admitted. I mean, I don't want to get in legally trouble for saying the R word, so I'll just yeah. say uh, non-consent enthusiast, CeeLo yeah. Green. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the the massive amounts of money he's paid out to, I believe, three different women that have very large NDAs. Yeah. Um, it's just like, bro, just pay for sex the old-fashioned way. So much cheaper. So much cheaper <laughs> and consent. Yeah. It's oh. like the whole package. Oh, it's all that and a bag of chips. It's so good. So uh, our bo- so McAfee uh, may have been may have been iced by uh, the Clintons and uh, the Cabal and oh, all these yeah, other no, people. it's definitely the Clintons. For but sure. um, our our beautiful boy uh, Tucker Carlson seems to be drawing the ire of our government as well in our new sub news section known as "What the Tuck." What the f- is Tucker Carlson up to now? It's time for "What the Tuck." <laughs> 
I want to let you listeners know that Mike Raids did not tell us about that drop before he played it, and it's great. I'm glad I was surprised. So, the, re- the reason I didn't react to it is because uh, while, while we're showing the, the audience how the sausage is made, uh, sometimes the interface we use to record our podcast does not allow me to hear the drops. So I just had to imagine the funny thing that our, that our friend Frosty was saying. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that. Uh, man... Tucker is up to some shit, and the NSA wants to know about it, except they don't. Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, Tucker Carlson, what's really what's really awesome about this is that his story has changed over the course of the last few days, where originally Tucker claimed the NSA was looking into his text messages, and then a couple days later, he was like, no, oh, they're looking into my emails. They're snitching on my emails. So apparently the NSA has access to like literally all of his electronics and are um, just meddling in his affairs. And what's really interesting about this on the part one is that uh, he is like literally the golden boy of Fox News, which is allegedly a investigative journalist outlet that could dig into his claims. <laughs> the NSA is out to get him and they could like have reporters do stuff. They could interview Tuck. They could get his evidence for what is happening to him. And like Fox news, like, if you go to their website or you, or you listen to any of their shows, they have no idea what Tucker Carlson is talking about. Old, old Tuck Tuck is just going on this crazy jag about something that the right wing in America has talked about for forever, which is like evil leftists like Obama and Biden and the Clintons spying on their enemies. And he, he doesn't have anything to do with jag. He thinks the military's too woke and is too feminine. When when is somebody going to tell Tuck that real Patriots with a capital P is in the New England Patriots spy on their enemies? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the NSA did that. They released an official statement saying, no, we're not spying on Tucker Carlson and he's never been a target. The NSA's purview does not include spying on Americans. We investigate foreign governments and foreign nationals. Not yeah. Americans. Yeah, I mean, and that's total horseshit. But I also don't think that they have a reason to spy on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I think it was just their professional way of saying, "No, we don't give a shit about you, Tucker. You're just a a, a talking head." And, and I mean, the, the, convincing me that the NSA does not spy on the American populace. I mean, unless they're just like, "Oh, that's the FBI's thing." Like, you know, unless I just want to throw some other agency under the bus as the ones that are clearly doing that. Yeah. We did pass that Patriot Act, remember? Remember that glorious act? Yeah, they can, but they need, like, exigent circumstances and, like, a a court order to move their operations to an American on American soil. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing, bud. Which they go over in the release. That's what they need to do it uh, above board. I'm not saying they don't spy on Americans, but I do not believe for a second that the NSA gives one fuck about Tucker Carlson. The only way I could see them caring about Tucker Carlson is if like that, uh, that muckrackers report that he is like a secret source, just dishing all the dirt 
on everybody. <laughs> like, like if, if somehow the government caught wind of the fact that Tucker Carlson is just this like crazy loose sieve of information, I can see them maybe sticking someone on him. But I mean, to what end? Like, who, who are they hoping they're going to bring down with whatever Tuck knows? The, the thing about this that really gets me is that if you, I actually saw some QAnon uh, promoters talking about how uh, Tuck um, being is being targeted, and the NSA's uh, denial wasn't a full denial. So maybe they are going after Tuck, and they're being they're trying to um, measure their words carefully. And it's like if you read the NSA statement, uh, the big thing about that is that if the NSA what the NSA is trying to say is we're an outward facing organization. So we're not going after Tucker Carlson. The only way we could go after Tuck is if he was actually in bed with foreign agents that we were actively tracking and monitoring. And that led us, that, that meant that when we cast our net for those foreign nationals, we caught Tucker Carlson in them by accident. Oh shit. When, Are we saying that the NSA's position is that Tucker Carlson is a member of Al Qaeda? Uh, or ISIS or something. Yes, it's very possible that Tuck... KGB, whatever the KGB yeah. is now, that's oh, yeah. the most likely without uh, going over. Yeah, yeah grew. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's just that kind of thing. It's just the fact that you have uh, this is what this is the whole thing about quote unquote FISA Gate with Carter Page was that Carter Page was such a big enough dum dum that he got hit up by Russian uh, agents, basically again grew and he was willing to talk to them and so on and so forth. And that led to FISA warrants being issued for him because he was in league with Russian nationals. And that's how he got caught in that, in that mess. So like if Tucker is involved in anything involving the NSA, like on the up and up level of what the NSA says they're all about, it's only because he's dealing with people that the NSA was already looking into and then they were like, oh, my God, Boris is on the phone with Tucker Carlson. What the fuck is going on there? And then one thing led to another, and now, like, that's what happened. But really, if you think about it from that uh, that line of questioning or that line of reasoning, for Tucker's sake and for everybody else's sake, you better hope he's just lying about all this shit. Because <laughs> if he's like, the NSA is after me and it's all bullshit, and then it's going to be like, oh, wait, it turns out that, Tucker was balls deep in Russia Gate in 2016. It was like helping them, help, helping the Trump campaign launder data to Russian oligarchs. And yeah, we actually got him on that too. So I mean, it's like for his sake, I hope he's full of shit, much like he was uh, back when he was the guy that was going to bring down Hunter Biden with the secret documents that only he had. And then the NSA somehow intercepted them while they were uh, in transit from the post office to his office or whatever that dog ate my homework story was back during the campaign. It's, it's always for their protection or they uh, like Butterfingers. Oops, they lost it. The information that is going to bring down the big the big bad, the cabal, the deep state Hunter Biden like. Well, I mean, John McAfee's corpse is currently radiating his dead man switch and is transmitting wirelessly the 31 gazillion t- quantilia bytes or whatever, however big that number was. So because his stupid someone put out his final Instagram was just a Q, QAnon gobbled that shit up and they just started scouring over any random number that could be associated with that Instagram post 
and they now believe that it leads to a secret crypto wallet that holds the 31 terabytes, the legendary John McAfee dead man switch 31 terabytes. They've gone from being digital soldiers to digital goonies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, somehow we didn't get to that earlier. It gets, it gets dumber. Uh, oh, yeah, that reminded me also is that uh, there's also a belief in the QAnon universe that um, McAfee purchased like a non-fungible token with Bitcoin or something and put that NFT into the blockchain of the crypto. So it's now permanently in the web, the 31 terabytes of data that will bring down everything stored in that non-fungible token. You're just saying words. Yeah, I know exactly. It's all just it's all just buzzwords. It's It's all nonsense. It's it's just designed to confuse boomers, but it's it's there. And uh, the other thing that's really funny is the the stuff that they thought was the uh, secret encoding was actually just Instagram metadata that like every photograph gets when it goes onto Instagram. So there's actually there's no it's not an arrow pointing to the secret treasure. It's nothing. Yeah, but, nothing but McAfee was the king of computers. He could have easily have hacked into the bypass networks of Instagram's <laughs> algorithm and hack the planet. Get in there, get get into that metadata and really just hackers it up. Uh, hack the planet. I have I have never I never thought I would laugh that hard at the term bypass algorithm or whatever it was you said bypass. Oh my god! That just killed me. That was such a perfect dumb techno babble thing you say in a television show when you are just trying to glide that line of dialogue through the rubes so they just accept it and let you get to the exposition you're trying to give them. So uh, spe- speaking of gliding it through the rubes. Uh, I hear that the the Trump organization is in some trouble. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Our, our, yeah, our beautiful boys of the Trump organization are, are uh, expecting to receive indictments tomorrow uh, for, quote-unquote, crimes. We don't know exactly how uh, devastating these crimes are, but uh, the, the, the man in the crosshairs... Um, at the moment is uh, Alan Weisselberg, who is the, who was the CFO of Trump org for the longest of times. And there has been talk that they're going after him for uh, quote unquote improprieties and fringe benefits. Like he got all kinds of gifts and other perks from his job that he didn't pay taxes on as a tax dodge. Or maybe they're actually going to go after him for like meteor tax evasion charges uh, based off the fact that, again, like Trump's books are so obviously cooked to high heaven that there's a reason why our when he was our esteemed president, he wouldn't let anyone look at his tax returns. Oh, yeah, because he knew it would give them four years to sharpen their knives. Yeah. Or, well, he probably thought eight. Yeah, or he, he thought lifetime. He he thought he was. I mean, like that. That is one of my favorite things uh, that QAnon would always talk about. Where they were like, the media always called Trump a dictator. Well, it's like, well, if you don't want to be a dictator, don't get in front of a podium with a microphone and say, maybe I'll be president for twenty years. Who knows? The two term thing, two schmerm thing. Who cares? Yeah, man, if you don't want to be called a dictator, stop tating dicks. Pretty simple. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. It really is. And uh that But they're the they're coming for everyone at the top of the the Trump organization, right? Like they 
they're saying like everyone, if you were involved there, is probably getting an indictment. It's going to be really, I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. I mean, it's really funny that last week we basically uh, hit stop on the recording, go on Twitter, McAfee's dead, oh shit. And like this week, we're now a day away from finding out like, who all wins the, you get an indictment, you get an indictment, everyone gets an indictment, Oprah show of the Trump org getting cuffed and stuff. Do they go after the kids? Do they just go after Weisselberg? Do they only go after Weisselberg and maybe that Calamari guy, the bodyguard who they were also looking at for uh, quote-unquote fringe benefits that were probably ways to escape taxation? Uh, One other thing I saw was uh, Michael Cohen the moment he got arrested, he was like working for Trump still. Trump like pulled his legal defense from Cohen, even though it was like part of like his contract with his employees that like if you get into legal trouble, we will will help pay your bills. So people are talking about if like Weisselberg or others get indicted and uh, the Trump organization continues to fund their legal defense. Is that like basically an admission of bribery? Because they didn't want to pay Cohen's legal bills and they knew Cohen was talking on him and squealing. So uh, if they keep paying the legal bills, does that mean, hey, we're paying for this? So no snitching, uh, ixnay on the illegal bay, as it were. So, uh, <laughs> no takesie backsies. Yeah, no takesie backsies. No double seeker probation. No. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of stuff is going to come to light uh, tomorrow, depending on this. Because I mean, we could get like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like the kids, yeah, could that, be, I like, skimmed the Wall Street Journal article, and there it we just do don't. We, know. Do we think that there is anything that could be revealed through this process that would affect uh, Trump's power base at all? Ooh. No. Absolutely not. I mean, the only thing that the only thing that could possibly happen to me is like if it turned out Trump was like giving all kinds of money to like liberals or something. Like, <laughs> like if. Uh, so this brings up something that I have come across in my research for an upcoming project: the backlash effect, where when you present people with facts disproving the thing that they believe, they only believe it harder. It's a it's a known thing. We've we've talked about it without calling it the backlash effect, but I've been reading about the backlash effect. So I don't if they come out with just straight up, yo, Trump stole five dollars from everyone in America, that they'll just be like, uh, the deep state, the fix is in. That would be I think they could even like say, like, look, check your bank account. You have this you have this withdrawal from not Trump's shady grift company. Like right here, like literally they stuck it through the treasury. This was the date. This is when it happened. You can find it. And people will look at that and just be like, those damn Clintons did it again. Somehow yeah, it's, it's always the Clintons. It'll and, always and, and, be the Clintons. And it'll be, like, it, it'll be like, it was in 2018 when Trump was president. How could Trump have rigged the treasury? I mean, how could the Clintons have rigged the treasury under Trump? And they'll just be like, it was the deep state. This is uh, one of the things that I've like been thinking about for the past uh, few days about Trump and Q and what's happening to them in our modern world. And I really think you're going to get a lot of myth making that's going to be coming up in the, in the, in the, in, 
in the next few months and years where you're going to go from Trump and Q being these like practically all powerful gods that were like crushing the deep state left and right and just owning everybody and having full control of the government and all of its might to being basically just brave, plucky underdogs desperately trying to rein in the monolithic power of the deep state and that Trump barely had any control over his government the whole time he was in office. Well, I mean, he's still out there holding rallies in Georgia? Is that what's uh, going on? Ohio. He was in Ohio. Okay. Yeah, he he was in Ohio in a uh, town that was like 90% white, I think was the demographics I saw. Like... Basically, small town Ohio is where our uh, beautiful orange boy went to get his latest dopamine hit from having a crowd uh, listen to him rant and rave about how the election was stolen from him, how he did the greatest job on COVID ever, and just all of that stuff. And it's what's really strange about it is I kind of feel like – no one's not enough people are paying attention to the stuff he's doing. And I feel like he's starting what, to, you, you mean like a random rally to literally just line his pockets. Cause there's no election happening. Right. I mean, I just, but I, I mean, I just feel like he is going to see that like, there's just not enough juice in that kind of thing. And just like the Trump does a rally thing. I know he's getting ready to do his uh, big ticket, speaking tour with Bill O'Reilly in the in in the winter and that kind of stuff and he's he's going to be trying Yuck. to I yeah. haven't heard about that this, heard- this this Ohio rally I kept seeing on Twitter and everything is so I was like wait there's a Trump rally like so it was just 100% grifting it was just 100% stealing money yeah, like, absolutely. It was just Trump showing up, talking to people, just uh, just doing the thing where he does, where he just whines and plays all the classic hits, just talks about making America great and all that good stuff. And when I was president, we were in great shape. Now we're in rough shape and daggummit. And, and the, thing, the thing is, is I just feel that at some point he is going to realize he's got to make the big move. And the big move for him is just declaring he's going to run for president in 2024. I mean, I, I'm amazed he's had the restraint to not say that through this point because he knows that that's the only thing he can say that's like the big move. And he's trying to hold off on doing it for as long as he can. But yeah, yeah. over over under on how long that's going to be. I, I think before the year is out, he oh, announces – Oh, I, absolutely. I, I would say, I would definitely say uh, that I'll set the line on that January 1st, 2022, but Trump declares candidacy for president. Mm. Uh, I mean, I wonder how much of the weird uh, Mike Lindell telling him he's going to be president soon. I wonder how much of that kind of stuff has like made the hamsters in his brain happy or placated such that he hasn't declared he's going to run again yet. But at some point, this uh, dumb Arizona audit thing and just outright scam that Bannon and, and Lindell and uh, Byrne and all these other clowns are doing, eventually Trump's going to realize he's not president again. And once that kind of sinks in, 
that's when he's going to be like, hey, I'm not president yet. I, I better run for president again to get presidency. <laughs> what can you have a Grima Wormtongue when everyone, including the guy running, is Grima Wormtongue? <laughs> like everyone around him is a Wormtongue and he himself is his own Wormtongue. I didn't think it was possible. He definitely believes his own press and will just believe any old thing you tell him. I, I think I, I think he is like Theoden, only he wants to believe it. it. Like It's like Grima snuck in to Rohan and was getting ready to manipulate the king. And then he was just like, wait, the, the king just buys into this shit. What the fuck? This is, this is easier than I ever thought it was going to be. I had all this magic and spells and I was going to do all this stuff. And no, yeah. he's just into it. He just believes. He's like, I had a whole thing. (laughs) This is bullshit. This is way too easy. Yes. He's like, get this guy out of here. Get me a real king with morals and integrity. Someone I can spend years crafting my plan to break down his resolve and and corrupt him. This guy He worm tugs himself somehow. He's just like, this was too easy. Way too easy. He just like gets all paranoid shifting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the, the, the rest of Theoden's cabinet is just as other worm tongues who are totally cool with it. Yeah, like that yeah is- it, it, it's a whole campaign of worm tongues, including the guy at the talk, his own worm tongue. It's, uh, like, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm now just Im- I'm imagining Eomer and Eowyn being like just terrible people. They're just they're like Jared and Ivanka, they're, or like Ivanka and Don Junior, and they're just corrupting him. And like actual Grima is like Steve Bannon who walks in and is like, "Fuck this! They've already done it. I, I don't even got anything to work with here. What the fuck?" And he's just like, it's like "Oh." So- but, uh, yeah, I just think that it's really uh, wild that you have this guy who has one trick left. And I don't know when he's going to play it. But when that happens, it's going to be very funny because uh, there are plenty of people in QAnon who have been like, Trump will never declare he is running for president in 2024 because he already is the president or he knows he's going to get reinstalled as president or something's going to happen. But but him being elected president in 2024 and then being sworn in in 2025 is way too late. It won't <laughs> fix nothing. So we can't do that. So, so it'll never happen. I mean, they've just, they've just worked themselves into this lather. So do, no, do we yeah. know what the, uh, what the location is for the, the capper on his tour with O'Reilly? Cause if, if it's a DC or New York, I'm assuming that that is a good, a good time for Trump to drop the, I'm rerunning for president. Bob. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold oh, on. Yeah, I'm, I got it. I, I'm looking All for right. it. I was gonna it's say, just like, oh yeah. Perfect. By the way, th- th- thanks for coming out to our final show. And also, I'm gonna be president again. Who drops Mike and then like stumbles down the stairs? Yeah, uh, then, then, then has a marine assist him and walking down a ramp. <laughs> Uh, it look. Uh, oh well, this this is gonna this is gonna get uh, all of QAnon's uh, Jimmy's jangled. Uh, what would be the third uh, best uh, city for Trump to declare his run for the presidency in, besides DC or uh, New York? If you're if you're an obsessed QAnon nut, uh, probably like Philly, right? Uh, why would it be Philly? I don't know why I, you possibly. I, I, I'm just thinking of like Revolutionary War stuff. No. So 
what what is what is the what is the origin the the origin story of the QAnon mythos? Where did that happen? Uh, I, I I I do not know what you were getting at. Yeah, so you know, yeah, that's fine. maybe maybe I'm just a bad Q pundit. No, yeah, we, I'm we sure know, it's a fun yeah. game for the people listening at home. But the game's over. Spill the beans. Dallas, Texas. Oh, uh, so keep, keep that. You keep that in your pants for your solo podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, I was going to say. QAnon loves that. QAnon is all about the Kennedy assassination. He's and the Donald Trump story. is all about Mar-a-Lago. It could have just as easily have been like Orlando yeah. or something. You could have told me Tampa and I would have been like, yep. Yeah, well, no, Tampa Bay. The, the, yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't going where all the rings are going. Yeah. Well, that that what's funny is that those are the he, there's only four stops on this tour because uh, Gr- Grandpa Pop Pop doesn't have the stamina to do this for very long. Uh, so December 11th and 12th are Sunrise, Florida, and Orlando, Florida, and then the, the 18th and the 19th are Houston and Dallas. So he needs a whole week to recharge. Wow. Yeah, nice, nice speaking tour going to a whopping two states. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, the, the, the dick of America and then Texas, the dicks of America. Just, uh, and I, I, the, the, he just wants to get down to America's team, the Cowboys. Yes, <laughs> that'd be so great. Yeah, he's checking in on Dak, seeing how, how, seeing yeah. how he's feeling. Yeah, yeah. How, how's the ankle? How are you doing? Oh. Are you, feel, you you guys feel like you're going to stop being irrelevant anytime soon? Just asking for a friend. Yeah, my, my, I mean Robert Kraft's my favorite owner in in the in the NFL, but Jerry's second, and I would, I'd love to see a Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl. So if you guys could like I don't know quit sucking and make that happen, your division sucks. You play in a division with a team literally named Football Team. That's how dumb they are. Come on, let's, let's go. Let's get, let's uh, speaking of which, more topical sports stuff. So the other day, I was looking at the Canadians logo for the for, for the first time, like ever, like actually, like taking, like visually taking it in, like a true American. Yeah. So yes. I'm looking at the logo for the for the Montreal Canadiens, and I'm just like, what does the H stand for? And uh, so, like, we did, like, me and my 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 roommate didn't know, so we looked it up online, and it stands for hockey, which means. The, the, they like everybody's been dogpiling on Washington football team as well they should. But also, if you need a reason to hate the Canadians, they are literally Canadian hockey team. That is the name of their team. Don't. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Canadian <laughs> hockey team. What are we? Canadian hockey team. Yeah, we Boom. are Canadian hockey Done. team. And we're do we need to, a, Do we need to workshop that some more? No, we got it in one. Everyone, go home. Canadian hockey team, CH, printed up. I just found out that apparently Bruins fans and uh, Canadians fans have like a rivalry or whatever. I, oh. I know so little about regional sports rivalries. The city of Boston has a rivalry, it thinks, with everyone. Oh, Boston is the little brother of all of cities in America. It's the biggest little brother that ever existed. We hate the Yankees. We hate the Canadians. We hate the Jets. We basically hate all New York sports teams, even though the Patriots are like ten times better, like than than the New York Jets. It's ridiculous. Like you don't own hating the Yankees. That's that's an well, everyone. Well, everyone, everyone uh, everyone. Well, you pumped the brakes there, champ. I feel like the, the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry is the baseball rivalry. Yeah, I would agree there. But the, the, the thing that makes me the thing that makes me laugh, though, is that at least, at least with the Yankees-Red Sox, the Yankees are the big brother. We are the weaker sister that should be obsessed with them and being like, we're going to get you one day, Yankees. And even though in modern times we have kind of got you, you still have 26 world titles or whatever, so you're better than us, but whatever. Whereas 
you go on a Patriot forum anywhere, and you'll just see people being like, "Fuck the Jets, yeah, Patriot." Yeah, I'm- and how many like, of those why? Yankee? How many of those Yankee championships were before black people were allowed in the league? Oh, tons! Absolutely tons! I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but then, the, but then the Yankees just used the power of money to be good after black people were available. Yes, so, you know, and, it's just like the, the Yankees were historically good because, but you know, they, like it's easy to hate New York. It's it, like it's just easy to hate New York in the same way it's easy to hate Boston. Like these big cities, they're just very. You could just punch them right in the face. It's so yeah. good. And 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 then the fun thing now for people who hate the Yankees is their current owner doesn't like spending money, so the Yankees are just not good, and everyone who loves the Yankees hates their owner because he just won't do anything. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, uh, I've heard on the radio that the Yankees this year are sort of like a carousel, and that everyone's getting to ride it. Yes, they're, they're, they're <laughs> just getting paddled left and right. It's great. Yeah. The, the Kansas City Royals are partially owned by the Waltons. You know, of Walmart, they only have a little money, and we're just a farm team. So, uh, anyway, th- this has been uh, Sports Patriots Nation, our sports podcast within a podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> meanwhile, back at Q shit, what's this deep rig uh, thing we have here in our notes? Me See, and I, L I were had both a wild baffled. segue for this, but I, I, I didn't want to steal yet another segue from you. <laughs> So that's I, fine. I, I just I manhandle that segue back in. <laughs> We've been talking about sports for ten minutes. Well, mine wasn't much good, but much better because you had brought up farming, and I was gonna go, man. You know, what you need for farming a deep rig. Specifically, <laughs> if you could, if you could really get what I'd prefer, a premier, a premier deep rig. Yeah, that I want it? my I want my deep rigs to be the premier one. I don't want. The like, oh, best value deep rig. Yeah, I, w- I want the John Deere deep rig premiere. That sounds like a real thing. <laughs> I'm, all I'm doing is imagining Sarge and L's hands reaching for the wheel to try to pull it 90 degrees to get it back on the road. And just- <laughs> I let I let sports sports talk go on longer than I should have, but no, you we were having fun. I right. mean, whatever. This is the, the rest of this episode's been a bummer. We've been having to talk about like like a dude killing himself and our, our normal Q bullshit. I feel like it was we, we could lighten it up with a little sports talk, a little sports talk radio. But uh, so the deep rig. Uh, what's really hilarious here is that this is a, a this is the latest in the long line of shit movies being made by either the Overstock guy or the Movie. My I thought, guy. I thought we were talking about vaping. I thought you were going to tell me how many ohms this rig got. <laughs> I wish, I wish we, I wish we were segueing into the vape set part of God, our. What uh, sort of coil do you have in that deep rig? <laughs> What's know. your favorite oil? I like watermelon. Uh, so, Mister Deep Rig here from base the people who made Absolute Nine Zero and Absolute Corruption, Absolute whatever the fuck it is that my pillow guy was saying. So Patrick Byrne was feeling left out of the making a shitty movie, claiming that Trump got jobbed at the election. So he made this deep rig movie. Apparently, he was so unaware as to the factionalization of QAnon that the people that made this movie were in cahoots with a cretin known as Austin Steinbart, a.k.a. Baby Q, who is the most hated QAnon promoter in all of QAnon because he is such a sociopath, idiot piece of shit that he just walked into the scene and was like, okay, everybody, I want to make this clear to you. I'm actually Q. I'm the Q. It's me. But now the reason why you don't know that is because the actual Q that is me, Austin Steinbart, is in the future. 
And future me is sending messages to me in the past to help me decode the messages that Q has made from the future. Whoa, no, hold on, back up, pause. (laughs) He is... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He is so receiving- it's, sort of, it's sort of like a, it's like a, so is, I was, are, the yeah, messages, I was trying are, the, are the messages like physical messages or is he receiving them in his brain? Is it like a psychic emanation through is time? It, is it like that CBS show where he got yesterday, tomorrow's paper? Uh, no, I, I do believe it's like some sort of energy message or that he is reading the Q drops to decode what future him has sent to present day him to understand what is going on here. So because he had the <laughs> shut the fuck up. I know it's so dumb. It's incredibly dumb. It it's like it is the most brazen grift in the world. This guy this guy is so confident and sociopathic. He he uh DM'd me, Travis View, Mike Rothschild, uh Frederick Brennan. Like basically if like you were a big time like anti-QAnon person, he sent you this like series of DM photographs where like he was like in a server room and he was at a computer and he's like flexing and he's giving the thumbs up to the camera and he was just trying to like show all of us that like and he's he was, not wearing pants. Oh God, if only, if only that was the case, that would have been great. If he was just, uh, if if I got Steinbart on the full frontal, that would have been that would have been a hell of a series of DMs. See, but, uh, I was I was actually still picturing him wearing some tidy whiteies, but just like okay. sitting around like wearing wearing no pants and tidy whiteies like a lunatic in a button up collared shirt. That would have been great. Yeah, like like <laughs> it's the seventies and you don't have air conditioning. Let me yeah. see if I still have the thread. So. The guy who's receiving uh, tomorrow's news from Q, he himself being Q, but he doesn't know it, uh, is in a Trump-financed, and I use this word loosely, documentary called Deep Rig about stealing the election. Do I have this right so far? Uh, I don't know that he's actually in the movie, but what happened was, so they were like, okay, everybody, we're going to premiere the movie now. It's going to be great. And then they had a bunch of people come up to speak about the movie. And one of the people they had speaking was Steinbart. So like he literally comes up on the stage and gives his presentation about what this movie means to him and how important the movement is and how we're fighting corruption. We're going to get right, Trump back right. in office. And also and, time cube. Yes. Oh God. If, if only they had, if only the fucking guy who made time cube was back from the dead, that would be, I would be pilled then. If Time Cube guy was in on this shit, that would be incredible. But um, 
So, uh, and, and apparently this production company also had more ties to Steinbart and like he's made a movie with them as well. So the fact that uh, Byrne got in bed with these product these production people and those people knew Steinbart, uh, now a lot of QAnon is just like, look, Patrick Burns done a lot of good work for us, and we respect his efforts in the Patriot Movement for Truth. But uh, ooh, Baby Q is uh, we don't we don't talk about him. He he ain't cool. No, like stay away from him because because the main reason why they're mad at him is basically the same reason they're mad at Ghost Ezra is that he's poached their audience. Like there were enough idiots that were willing to buy his shit because he would just crank out content. And again, if you're just like this swaggering idiot moron talking shit uh, there are people in the QAnon community that are going to buy in because that's all they're looking for and he just keeps diluting the stream yep and oh the other thing that was really great the time stream yes Mm. Yes. she's from the future or whatever Marty (laughs) we've got to go back believe it we have to go back to 1955 I don't believe it racist it's not hard. It's just 1955. Yeah, it, it, just go with it. Uh, the other, but we, uh, we could be racist here, Doc. <laughs> the, the other really awesome thing that happened with Steinbart was uh, when he tried to pass a court-ordered drug test. Uh, they caught him in the bathroom with a fake dick and uh, confiscated. Not, not just a bag of pee, a nope. fake. Penis. Nope. He, they caught him with a whizzinator. They caught him with one of those fake dicks. They They're caught like, him with a. W- would you call it a deep rig? Yes, they caught him with a deep rig. <laughs> all, all the names of these pe- pe- people's movies do seem like they could be porno titles. Deep rig, absolute oh. nine zero. I mean, think oh, about it. Two dicked yeah. baby Q. Yes. Yeah, yes, and, and their, their most famous feature: two dicked baby Q. <laughs> Which you would think normally would very much offend uh, QAnon, the idea of uh, children and any yeah, was it was it side by side or a vertical top uh, diagonal like the, like the two want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would make it, that'd be harder to use because then you're all catty. Yeah, corner. I never said it. I never said it ruled. I'm just I'm just telling it how it is. How does that work? He's just uh, like, I am going to have to make a no context cut of just a uh, diagonal, like two on a die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was one of those things that you you, you had to be there to understand how funny. Ana- it yeah, animate that clip. Jeez. Yes, yes. That oh, we're, we're um, going to talk to our production team about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do we yeah, do we well, do we want to go to my audience yeah yeah do we uh, want to go to the listener questions or do we I got anything well, else do we want to do we want to let mike speak briefly briefly about whoever the fuck ghost are for winter says yes. yeah sorry yeah I'll, yeah well, i will uh i will i will finish up on the uh on our news of the day as it were with our our boy paul gosart who uh when the CPAC uh, convention was happening, uh, there was an alternate rally being held elsewhere where our boy Gosart accidentally started chumming up with white nationalists at a rally and then was like, oops, daisies, I guess I went to the wrong place. That'll never happen again. Waka waka. And uh, now it turns out that uh, 
And Paul Gosart is now going to be attending a American First rally uh, that is being a fundraiser that is being run for him directly by uh, Nick Fuentes, uh, who is the head of uh, what is called the Groiper Movement. Uh, the Groipers are basically a fat, ugly version of Pepe the Frog that is their mascot. And uh, Nick Fuentes himself is a Holocaust denier and a, a white nationalist piece of shit. And so uh, Mr. Gosert um, got involved uh, with this group. And then when people brought it to his attention that, yo, uh, dude, you are going to a fundraiser being run by a neo-Nazi Holocaust denier, his reaction was to tweet out, quote, not sure why anyone is freaking out. I'll say this, colon, there are millions of Gen Z, Y, and X conservatives. They believe in America first. They do not agree 100% on every issue. No group does. We will not let the left dictate our strategy, alliance, and efforts. Ignore the left. So if Paul Gosert wants to go out and make a few bucks by uh, palling around with Holocaust deniers, Paul Gosert is going to do it. And the left can go pound sand about it, buddy. Because, hey, a lot of... I love how that, that, that statement is just, just like frames the Holocaust as a thing that you could just have differing opinions about, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like climate change and all that other stuff that's not that's, that's not real, or is it? You know, the, what what shape is the earth? Who could really say? Yeah. Could be, yeah, I mean, square. It's yeah, cube. I mean, a, a, lot of, a lot of Gen Z thinks that the Holocaust is real and others have serious concerns. Who am I to abandon that voter base of Holocaust deniers when they could potentially kick me a few bucks and... Help me get on Infowars or wherever the hell it is that I'm looking to try to build the Gosart brand, as it were. I wonder if you, I wonder if you could interview like a hundred thousand eighteen-year-old like people in America that, like, you know, the, the folks that are just freshly able to vote, and you were just like, uh, yes, excuse me, uh, I, I'm here for the beat, and I need to know, do you believe in the Holocaust? And they'd be like. What? Oh. Are you, of course. Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like history. Of course I believe in it. We shot Schindler's List when I was in high school. It was terrifying. Agree I mean, to disagree. Moving along. How about you, young man? Do you believe in the Holocaust? Like, Open oh, for interpretation. Fuck? How did you get into our school? <laughs> yes. This is an this, this is an English class, but yes, I still believe in the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's just your opinion, man. Moving right along, sir. Sir, this is a this is a Costco. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just really like it's insane that like this is the level of radicalization we have now. I don't know how uh, baked in his district is when it comes to being. Uh, Republican Democrat, but this is Arizona's fourth district. So Arizona is uh, becoming a blue state. I mean, we have two senators that are Democrats, technically, screw you, cinema. Uh, and Biden carried the state last time around. So I, I mean, I know that when it comes to House uh, districts, you can gerrymander the shit out of them and all that kind of stuff. But oh, uh, man. And, and boy, howdy, they're only going to get more blue over the next 20 years as Mother Nature continues to reclaim the West Coast. 
you yeah. know. My, 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 my heart really goes out to all you people suffering through that fucking heat over there, because boy, howdy, I, I had to deal with it in the Midwest like a year or two ago when we got our big ass kicking. Oof, yeah, that I was just, rough. I just looked up uh, Mr. Gossert's district, and it is Republican plus 22. So yes, he is actually reaching out to his base, which are basically neo-Nazis, because he is afraid of being primaried from the right by a neo-Nazi. Because that is a seat that cannot, the Republicans actually can't lose it. So you have to pander to crazy people if you want to keep it, which is kind of terrifying. I love, I love like the idea of like a safe Republican district is where you have to talk to neo-Nazis and speak their language. And then a safe Democrat district, like the one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is in New York is like, I want to give people health care. And people are like, boo, you crazy radical, boo that woman. And she's like, hey, I'm in a Democrat plus 25 district. I'm allowed to actually ask for people to get health care. And that's okay in my district. I'll win it anyways. Whereas like this guy is in Arizona and he's like, do I have to say the 14 words in order to get reelected? Like, what's the line here? Where's the line for what I need to do in order to placate uh, my uh, constituency so that praying medic or any, or major Patriot, because all those guys live in Arizona, like don't primary me. I mean, like, we're going to have uh, Congressman-elect uh, David Hayes in a year and a half, and it's going to be a, fucking incredible. What a surprise to find out those jabrones are in Arizona. Yeah. Guys, I have, I have bad breaking news. Oh, that no. beat reporter we sent out for that Holocaust survey was shot to death in a confrontation with police outside of a Wawa. <laughs> so I don't think we're ever going to get that data. Uh, rest in peace, uh, probably a neo-Nazi reporter, man. We should not have put him on the payroll. That was a mistake by our, our staffing. So uh, next your, time- your, your trademark vintage brown like leg length newsy coat <laughs> will not be forgotten. No. <laughs> Do you have the little the little paper in the side yes. of his hat that said press? Absolutely. And, and also a domino mask for some reason. <laughs> that should have been a big tip off that he wasn't the right guy for the job, but mistakes were more elaborate by the second yeah so uh, so now that we've covered all the hard-hitting news and mourned the the passing of our of our field reporter it's time to the end of the mailbag our listeners got questions we got answers it's time for q and a so uh first up uh narc asks uh, as a group or individually if the q or q anon were a movie or tv show what song would you think would represent it as a theme song and uh same question for the bad guys as the cabal oh q as a theme song jeez come on knock at our door <laughs> we've been waiting for q <laughs> De- devil went down to george is too narrow yeah um uh, and i will always love q <laughs> that's possible that's, that's a good problem the problem for me is like, is the song like really like kind of like pro Q and like how they see themselves in a way, or is it kind of like a more on the nose kind of song that like talks about them? Because like uh, cult of personality is like the number one song in like that genre for like what QAnon actually is. Oh man. Can it be a custom written song? Could it be like an eighties you know how, like, cartoons in the 80s, their theme songs would, like, describe to you the plot of what was happening in the show in, in case you were checked out? Because their target demographic were the the very stoned and the very young toy-buying market. 
Can we get a can we get a cue intro made where it just describes the plot? Maybe by they might be giants, but it's also like fifteen minutes long because stuff just keeps getting added, <laughs> and it's filled with random numbers. Yeah, just like and apparently uh, Joe Biden's a hologram or whatever, <laughs> just shredding on a guitar in the background. <laughs> The, there is a um, the, the the guy I always talk about on Twitter, and whenever I mention his name, my engagement like tr- like falls away like a stone. But I just hate him so much; I have to talk about him. A call for an uprising. He has like a thirty second intro to his uh, some of his uh, videos that is like so on the nose about this stuff. It has. Uh, Hillary and all these bad people in the basement of a pizza dungeon, like like eating babies. And it has a bunch of, uh, it has like a flagpole that has all these different flags on it. One of them's like the gay pride flag and something like maybe they have a BLM flag, but it also has the flag of Israel on it because the guy's like totally not subtle at all. And and it's just like the yes. kind of thing where it's just like, if you want to know what brain worms I have, just watch this. And it's like, holy shit, dude. Like, that is, like, the most brutal thing in the world. Um, the I, I, So, yeah, I think probably, like, actually finding out how Q would see themselves. I feel like for them, their intro would be basically, like, the Battle Hymn of the Republic or, like, uh, Flight of Valkyrie. I mean, Valkyrie. for me, it's, like, the Inspector Gadget theme, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Because th- th- that's, th- that's just sort of their general vibe. Yes. <laughs> I just... Uh, yakety sax. <laughs> uh, it's yakety sax. Only there isn't a thrilling chase scene going on in the background. Yeah. Q not never goes anywhere. It's yakety sax, but it just involves some guy like frantically and angrily typing at his keyboard, trying to make the spiciest meme. Or just some, to- some like like schlubby older white dude with frosted tips checking a ballot for soy sauce. That that is what it is. It's yakety sacks played over one of the live feeds of the Arizona audit, where you just see people like looking at a ballot for two seconds and hitting a button, and then just moving along, and it's like in super fast motion, and you just keep cutting from like feed to feed to like. Uh, at one point, they just had like these people like like the turntables where they were looking at the ballots, and they were like spinning around on the turntable, and it was just like, oh my god, this is such a clown show, and. All of the grifters are so happy that this thing is going to drag out until August for the big payoff, which is literally going to be Cyber Ninja's like running away with the bag of money, wearing a cartoon villain mask that like only covers like the frames of their eyes and the sack of money of the giant dollar sign drawn on it and running away. I mean, it's going to be so brutal. That deep rig movie, by the by, actually features the CEO of Cyber Ninja's as a quote-unquote anonymous person. Yeah, I and, saw that. And, yeah, and, and the first clip actually has his real voice, and people caught it, so then they started dubbing his voice. And one of the things is like was like slow and menacing, and they, they did another one where he was Alvin the Chipmunk talking about the corruption in Arizona. It was great. So, uh, yeah, all of that is going to just go over so well, and now my brain is stuck just looking, just looking at quote unquote ballot inspectors with yakety sacks playing in the background. Well, <laughs> we got there. We we got there, boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what would be the anti QAnon theme song? Like, is that like the introduction to like Bill Nye the Science Guy or something? I I feel like that would be a more uh, 
trenchant sort of bit of music than just uh, this fluffy nonsense we're throwing around here. I mean, uh, like, what, what, what really is the opposite of Q when you think about it? It's just, it, it's so much. It would be, it would be quite a lot to encompass in one song. Uh, oh, uh, Baba Yetu from the Civilization series. Yeah, that's yes. the opposite of Q to me. Done. Done. I, 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 I co-signed this. Uh, so I think we covered that. Uh, actually, um, Narc also jokingly put in American Idiot as a QAnon theme song, which I will accept. Um, if only it were, if only it were just American at this point, is there, yes. is there a song out there just called Idiot? I'm sure there yes. is. <laughs> Don't want to be an idiot. Old McWatkins asks, if a meteorite was heading straight for us and your only chance of survival was to join either Major Dad or Praying Medic in a bunker, who would you jump in with? And uh, the answer is Major Dad, because he's just a dumb weirdo. Praying Medic is an actual grifter scumbag, and I would be, like, really kind of offended. Because he would be sitting there going, hey, I can faith heal you with my magic hands. I'd be like, no, David Hayes, you actually can't. And uh, please, like, don't don't talk to me. This is this is bad. I don't want to What kind of it. death am I dodging? A meteorite is going to smash into the Earth, and you have to jump into a bunker to avoid being uh, caught in the, like, the blast radius of that meteorite. I don't know. The meteor's sounding pretty good. I can, the meteor would be quick. I mean, you're not going to wow, know. What a, what a cop out. Sarge over here copping out. Yes. They're, Any, both, they're both fake former military, right? No, med, I don't think Medic ever said he was military. Medic, Medic's backstory was that he was an EMT who knew he had uh, God-given powers to resuscitate the people that were in his ambulance. And so, like, while he was working on them, he would, like, literally have an internal dialogue praying to God, asking God if the person in his who was, like, bleeding out in his ambulance was worthy of being saved or not. So, yeah. like, so he, he's a man of God. He's got he's actual superpowers. That he's sounds really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. useful in the apocalypse. You should probably go with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta go with the, I gotta go with the cleric. Uh, th- this is true. Uh, Major Dad doesn't have anything going for him. I mean, because he, he doesn't have superpowers. No, it, it, as a matter of fact, he like at one point uh, back when he was like whining about masks. I think he claimed he was like seventy five percent disabled for like his veterans like uh, disability or something. So when you go with a guy who claims to be mostly disabled versus a literal cleric, I guess if this is a post apocalyptic like role playing game, I have to go with medic. If this is reality, uh, I'm going with Major Dad because the reality is is that praying medic is uh, is a worse person because he's actually trying. He's actively making money off this major dad just got famous and doesn't know what to do with himself because he's just like a guy basically well, he's he's gab famous now right like, yes that's... he's gab famous that's uh, him him and the guy who hates lebron james are like posting about me once a week being like hey look at poker's engagement on twitter it ain't nothing compared to ours and it's like my engagement's on Twitter, assholes. Like, fuck you. I mean, yeah, like, the, the much larger platform. Like, you can, yeah, yeah, you might you might call it a like some uh, endless room for growth. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I have random famous people that I never would have thought I would have talked to in a trillion years actually talk to me. <laughs> Patricia Arquette replies to my messages like well, twice a year, which is so fucking weird. 
Uh, whereas, good for you, Patricia Arquette, for for fighting the good fight. Yes, I much appreciate it. It's you, so uh, you, you, you support the podcast. We love you. Yes, shout out the podcast. Oh, uh, I need to answer the question. I will take the meteor, but not just a cop out, uh, because it's an opportunity for me to achieve my perfect death, which is just like, I mean, what am I going to do? Not- crushed by space rock. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I want to I want to go out heroically punching a meteor that is imperiling the planet because in the one in like a infinity chance that I do manage to blow up a meteor with my mighty punch and save Earth, that I die like the world's greatest hero. And if the meteor just kills me and everybody else, then no harm, no foul. We were all going to die anyway. You don't you think you like one punch man it? Well, One Punch Man survives. I still assume the impact of the meteor will kill me. Unless I also roll for superpowers and get them. That would be a hell of a way to get your powers. <laughs> I, I, uh, so I would rate uh, L wins over Sarge on meteor death there. So uh, good, good on L. Uh, yes. So thank you for the question. Oldman Watkins, who has the great, who's one of the greatest avatars on Twitter of uh, just Ron Watkins and his dumb wagon cowboy hat. Uh, no one asks, uh, what was the final count on the sealed indictments? Uh, it's probably never going to end because they're never going to stop misreading that Pacer document. But I think they've given up for the moment. So it was somewhere around 200,000 when they eventually uh, stopped having that being a running narrative in QAnon. It started at 60,000 and then it just kept going up and up and up and up. And no matter how many times people would tell them, you are misreading Pacer. This is not what you think it is. They were just like, nope, we're having too much fun watching the numbers go up, so we're just going to keep watching them go up and claim it's what we want it to be. So uh, way to get your dopamine hit on seeing rising numbers, you uh, cretins. Um, and then uh, our our, sec- our our last non-meaty question, as it were, was uh, Kiz Epic asks, uh, is your stage name Mike Rains supposed to sound like the word migraines? Uh, no, it's not. Well, it is now. It, 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 you can make it. We can wedge it together. If you, if that's how you see it and that's how you hear it, I will uh, accept it. I will tolerate this uh, begrudgingly through gritted teeth. But uh, me personally, I'm going to go with no. Uh, so now Chairman Walkman's going to ask the, the question that's going to gonna get my co-hosts all hot in the lather. So uh, the floor is yours, boys. Uh, Chairman Walkman's asked, what is the no- what is the most annoying card mechanic in Magic the Gathering? Ooh, annoying? Yes, annoying. I mean, we we, we could just we could just cop out for this question and just say storm, right? Yeah, storm storm is like definitely one of the worst. Um, yeah, storm is just so heinous because it's overpowered and it sucks to play against because you're just sitting there watching your opponent jerk off until they finish in your face. <laughs> Uh, old man, old McWatkins replied to him and said phasing because uh, phasing was very silly back in the I day. I mean, maybe back in the day, but now that they, they've just updated the wording because people are just more hip to gaming in general. So now, now, now they just get away with referring to, to newfangled phasing as you just like when a card phases out, it's treat it like it doesn't exist. And that's kind of just where they let the ball lay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, banding is very annoying because it's. It's incomprehensible. Still, yeah, it's very hard to parse, but they they have never printed another banding card. So uh, I enjoyed the original White Ward immediately killing itself upon enchantment. That was one of the greatest well-designed cards in the history of Magic. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes they really knock it out of the park. Uh, how about how about any card with the original companion mechanic? I was I was about to bring up companion. Oh god, <laughs> just hearing about that made my eyes bleed. Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was some ambitious shit on their part. How about we make a bunch of cards that are just you know for, like always in your hand at the beginning of the game for free, but in a way where they can't also be discarded, so you're just guaranteed to hit them on curve every single game. Yeah, which allowed for a degenerate combo deck with Garuda, Doom of the Depths. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of them, but the game's been around for a while. They're like you know tens of thousands of cards or whatever, so they're they're gonna step in it every once in a while. I'd much rather them have like an individual card that sucks versus a mechanic but like you know both are inevitable it's hard hard to hard to gripe about that too much now them taking seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of the prize pool for their world championships is something that you could gripe about because fuck them fuck them and their stupid asses yeah what the hell happened there magic is bigger and better than it's ever been and they yeah so wizards is making all this money off of their secret lair drops and their magic arena and all this shit so now they're just like oh we don't really need pro players anymore so we're just going to drop a bomb on that program including removing three-fourths of the previously advertised uh prize total pool for the world championships this year they're essentially they they essentially like like blew out the kneecaps of pro magic play a couple of months ago by just canceling the program and now have walked over and kicked the bleeding pro pro program in the dick. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to shoot for at the top end. Like the the high end on magic play and performance now is like I guess becoming a streamer. Yeah, how high is your streamer count, bro? And it's just like that's not the same. <laughs> so. It is what it is. But yeah, mechanically, uh, they've stepped in it a bunch and a lot recently. So it's it's just easy to take cheap shots at Wizards of the Coast. The thing that blows my mind is that they ever print a card that literally says on it, if you meet this condition, you win the game. Because those cards seem like they are either completely useless or they will end up getting banned because either the condition cannot be met and people won't touch the card or the condition can be met and now the card's broken. So I'll never yeah. understand why they print cards like that. It just blows my yeah. mind. Well, I mean, so uh, I'm assuming that like in, in our specific discussions, you're probably referencing Thassa's Oracle or whatever. And the thing about that card is that someone on the design team clearly has a mad on <laughs> for that effect because they did print a fair version of that as a four man, a clunky planeswalker that nobody really gave two shits about except for when they started to print all this dumb support for a degenerate combo deck centered around decking yourself. Anyway, we can talk about dumb magic shit all day, but the the most annoying mechanic I think Sarge nailed it on the head is probably banding. That card, that mechanic sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> incomprehensible. Band- yeah, banding, I, I remember when, it, I, I, when I got into magic, I was like, this is dumb. And then, thank God, like white weenie banders really didn't matter for very long. And then that basically, I think by ice age, that shit all went out the door. Cause once we, once we got into Necro, then that kind of crap was just, just gone in the, the white deck was running again. So you didn't have to worry about it. And then uh, strictly white decks were never really a thing again, which is <laughs> a little reductive, but white still totally blows. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the question. Yes, so uh, thank you, Chairman Walkman, for that question. And we also thank you for your uh, permanent question, which is, uh, what are you excited for this week? Uh, take it away, one of you two cats. Ooh, what am I excited for this week? Take it what, away, us. You know, What's wrong? You're not looking forward to anything this week? 
Oh, no, I know. I go last. I usually go last in this spot. I, I'm wow. Like, look this at, week like, is like the, the week of formatting on, on the fly. I like <laughs> this. This is the week that we celebrate our Independence Day. Eh. I, I don't know. I'm I can tell you to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the left. Isn't Juneteenth our true summer holiday now? I mean, that's what like, yeah, and I Yeah, and I could take that or leave that too. It's just as fine for me as 4th of July. Like, with no fucks <laughs> about either of these things. <sighs> yeah, I... I am getting a full week off work, though, which I, is, like, robust. I'm going to go fucking crazy. I, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. <sighs> I I saw some QAnon uh, promoter like freaking out because they found out the actual vote on the Declaration of Independence was Jan- was the July second, and they were like, "Holy shit, the secret history of America!" And I was like, uh, "National treasure." Yeah, it was basically that. And I was just like, "Hey, uh, you didn't know that?" I mean, like at the start, Adams, Jefferson, and all the kind of the political people that weren't like in the field fighting the war thought that Americans would recognize the second as our Independence Day, but because like it only got like printed up and distributed to the colonies on the fourth, that's when people like took the took it, and then. The people that actually signed it were like, yeah, everyone says it's the fourth. It's the fourth. Whatevs. The end. So, I mean, it was like kind of like not that big a deal. Nobody ever freaking delays. He's just like mind blown because it took a little while back in the the yield days to print some paper. Well, yeah, well, and the other well, the other thing was just they voted on it on the second, and then they like kind of like hashed out the actual text of the declaration on the third, and then on the fourth they started reading it to the American people. So it's like really when the people heard it, they thought that's when independence was declared, not when you guys voted in secret to make us a, a new nation. I mean, can you- we're going to really blow these folks' minds when we tell them that Jesus probably wasn't born on December twenty fifth. That seems kind of <laughs> unlikely. Oh yeah, I, I, that, that's one of my favorite things about the Christian uh, mythos is they were like, and then in the middle of winter, some guy called for a census, which would be very easy for people to fulfill in winter. He totally wouldn't have called for a census in the spring when like travel would be easier for peasants who had to walk great distances. No way, man! Jesus totally born uh, on December twenty fifth to the day. Yes, uh, the Bible says it. Right, one hundred percent confirmed. Uh, what what am I looking forward to? Oh, actually, uh, a buddy of mine uh, is starting up a uh, a Deadwood game or a Deadlands game. Yeah, the Weird West. <laughs> yeah, you kept saying Deadwood in our group chat, and I was like, "Are you just gonna?" I get confused because it's just like you know, it's interchangeable cowboy shit. But yes, I play a, a Deadlands spooky cowboy game, uh, which should be quite fun. I believe that's starting this weekend. <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't. Been, I, it'll be my first at table role playing in like two years. Oh, nice! That's really cool. The one thing about Deadlands always, like the the idea and the feel of it was really cool. The one thing that I hated was like the monster manual. Like if you read like a lot of the descriptions of the of the like the enemies you were fighting, it was like the person who was writing the book was like, "And you actually can't beat this guy this way. You have to do it this way, and I will not let you have fun." Like, I remember there was some, like, group. I think it was, like, Throckmorton or, like, one of the bad scientist people. They had, like, a goon squad. And they were like, this squad is, like, eight people deep. And they all know each other personally. So you cannot knock one of them out and then just put on their gear and pretend to be that guy. And all their guns have fingerprint triggers. So you can't steal their guns neither. And it was just, like, 
man, just what the fuck? Like, so all I can do is roll dice and murder them. Like the only way I can win this fight is just like frontal assault and shoot them or maybe ambush them. I can have no clandestine fun. I can do nothing. No, like, no, you can't. No way. Just, just shoot them. Just shoot them until they're dead or you're dead. That's how this works. That's the fun That's of role playing is rolling well, dice and getting high numbers. We're going right. to be playing the, uh, the new edition of Deadlands, which is based on the, the savage worlds system so it, it is a it is an updated version of the game i will uh, uh i will give you my opinion of it once i've played it a bit and that was your turn dingus what, what are you excited for this week uh i get to do basically a quasi escape room this weekend i am Ooh. going to be traipsing i'm going to be traipsing around uh boston trying to stop jack the ripper who apparently has migrated across the pond as it were and uh yes i'm something i'm gonna be traipsing around boston this uh, i believe you mean you're going to be looking for jack the ripper Yes, I mean Jack, Jack the Wicked Pissa Ripper, uh, coming to Boston to uh, bring yeah, Jack the Ripper. I'm here to murder your whores. <laughs> yes, exactly. Give me your whores, and I'll murder him. <laughs> so, uh, well, I can't let you do that, Jack. I mean, I, I, the, the, your accent is so immersive. I feel like I'm already playing the game right now. So, um, beware, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> So yeah, so that's gonna be really it's gonna be really fun. Uh, they have a bunch of uh, like bonuses and like payouts. They have like a thing for like best costumes and all of this other stuff. But I I don't think I'm gonna be cosplaying on the July third heat chasing tra- around Boston. So me and my group are just gonna go for like the fastest time. Because- no way, you did you did fancy wool suits and top hats, speed run. Yeah, we're I'm I'm gonna go for speed run. Uh, one of my uh, teammates has suggested we get uh, little curly mustaches like Hercule Poirot because Sherlock Holmes has been done to death and Poirot needs a little love. So uh, I don't know if we're actually going to do that or not, but that would be my level of cosplaying, as it were. But that's going to be just really uh, fun actually doing puzzle solving and trying to like beat a game for the first time in two years, at least I think what else said about playing tabletop gaming. I think I'm like that same time frame of like one of my favorite hobbies has been taken away from me by this fucking uh, pandemic. And now it may not be an actual escape room, but it's something adjacent to it. And I am very much looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yep. All right, well, it's time for me to pedal this here Velocipede out of Hellworld for the week. So thank you, everybody, for sticking around this far. We appreciate you supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show further, you can do so by telling a friend or giving us a five-star review or just sort of spreading the word about the good work we're trying to do. And if you have a little extra money in your pocket and you'd like to relieve yourself of that burden, you can do so by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash pokerpolitics. And uh, go ahead and give us your shekels. Uh, if you donate $5 or more every month, you get access to our cromulent bonus content, including Cabalin, which is the series where me and the boys talk about Fall of the Cabal, uh, and also Mike Green's solo pod, The Foulest Deed, getting into the nitty-gritty of the JFK assassination. Uh, th- those delicious bonus podcasts can now be enjoyed by our most recent beautifuler baby, Kiz Epic, I think is how that's supposed to be pronounced. I don't know, but that's part of the fun in it. Anyway, thanks, Kiz Epic, for your <laughs> Do Re Mi. 
if you want to sing that tune to somebody who's not a few white jerks just uh, talking goofs on the internet and you want to do a little more dedicated and focused good, you can take that money to love146.org. Uh, they are an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation, and that's in their own words. So go ahead and drop your money there if you have money and you don't want to give it to us. As always, i got to thank our friend DJ Minimal Effort for our intro theme. He still remains too cool for social media, so you can't reach out to him. Uh, so I don't know. If you're the religious sort, just pray for him. Just say, hey, God, make DJ Minimal Effort know that I think that his beat is tight. However, you can't go uh, to solicit our buddy Frosty on Twitter, at FrostyVO. He's the voice of Q when we need it. But for uh, most of the time, he is the uh, creator of our bumps and also content warning at the top of the show. If you can't get enough of me and Sweet Sweet Sarge, and I've got good news for you. We have a spinoff <laughs> podcast where we talk about pop media. This week we're discussing the Independence Day films because, as we mentioned earlier, this is the week of our independence July 2nd is fast approaching. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in that, you can come listen to uh, us uh, or communicate with us via social media at BingeWordy. That's B-I-N-G-E-W-O-R-D-Y. So for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hell World podcast, I have been your host. Uh, well, one of three hosts, I suppose. <laughs> the host. Although, yes, I'm taking it now. This is, this is It's my boat now. Mike Rains, you fuck off. Uh, I've been one of your hosts. Hellworld L, signing off for Hellworld Sarge, and our expert, Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, patriots. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>